Hey, Mama, welcome back to episode 17. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm actually going to talk about a personal experience that I've had as a mom with a 20-month-old and also being pregnant with another baby at the same time. Part of my experience has been related to how do I take back my time and not get overwhelmed with all of the things that I have to do every single day. If that's you, if you're pregnant with little kids or if you are just having little kids, even if you're not pregnant, this episode is for you because we're going to talk about all about how to take back time as a mom and how to ensure that you are showing up your best for your children so that they can really flourish and be their best. Hey mama, welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where you can learn how to stay fit, healthy, and feel good during and after pregnancy. I'm your host, Kelsey Lee Miller. I'm a certified pre and postnatal coach, and I believe as moms, we show up as our best when we prioritize caring for our bodies. When you're equipped with the right tools, you can show up confidently in your workouts, in the kitchen, and also in life. If you're here for that reheated coffee and those nap time workouts, you are in the right spot. It's time to prioritize your own health so that you can feel good in your skin again. Let's get excited for today's show. All right, mama, welcome back. Let's dive into this. I'm really excited to talk about this because this is something that I struggled with for a while to figure out. And I, I had a unique experience because I just stopped breastfeeding my son when he was 19 months old, primarily because I found out I was expecting again and I wanted to give myself a break for my own mental health for, you know, five or six months before having to start that whole process over again. So I weaned him off slowly. No, it was gradual. It was over the process of a few months, but now that he's weaned off, it's a lot easier to get up in the morning before he wakes up. And that's something that wasn't necessarily an option for me for a while because he wasn't taking a bottle. So it wasn't like I could just get up and pump and then go work out. And it was physically painful for me to try to do, especially upper body exercises when I hadn't nursed him yet. So what I was doing for a while during the first year of his life is once he was sleeping Well, really, once I was sleeping at least seven hours a night, and I know some of you are listening thinking, how the heck is that even possible? It is possible. And sleep is, as you know, I'm sure, as a mom, is a journey with your little one and figuring out schedules for them that work and what works best. So if you're in the middle of struggling with that, I understand how it feels. I've been there please don't give up. It will get easier. It will get better. My son did really well with consistency. And so once I was sleeping for around at least seven hours a night, ideally, I do better with eight or nine, but I'm taking what I can get. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) From one mom to another, you know what I'm saying? So once I was getting at least seven, I started to get up before he would wake up in the morning And this was, again, after I finished breastfeeding. 
while I was still breastfeeding, I would work out during his first nap when he was taking multiple naps. But because he's not doing that anymore, he's just taking the one nap in the afternoon. It's kind of like, okay, we've got to figure out a way for me to feel like I can take back my mornings and still be efficient and productive and control something that's within my ability to control as a mom and not feel like my whole day is just a mess from the second that I wake up. And not it's not that it's a mess, but it's, you know, with kids, it's just unpredictable and you never know what's going to happen. So for me, I have found that having a morning routine has really, really helped in my own mental health and my own sanity. And just as a type A personality, if you're a type A mom and you do really well with structure and routine, this is probably going to work super well for you. Even if you're not, maybe it'll work well. So let's just go ahead and dive in. I'm going to talk about three big things that I have started doing in the mornings before my son wakes up that really helped me take back the day, take back my mind and my attitude and really just help get me ready to approach the day with the best attitude possible before he's even up. So here we go. Okay, the first one is I do a little bit of math and I try to backtrack the timing. So if he's waking up around, (laughs) love my boy, he wakes up around 6 a.m. every single day. (laughs) So that's recently over the past week, it's been a little bit different. Some mornings he slept in a little bit, God bless him, till like 6.30 One morning, I think he even slept in until seven and I like didn't even know what to do with myself. But (laughs) most of the time he's a 6 a.m. boy. So maybe at some point this will change. If your babes wake up later, that's fantastic. I don't know what time they go to bed. He normally goes to bed around seven, wakes up around six. So and again, this is he's 20 months old now. So if you're in the thick of that newborn phase and like this is not even something you should be thinking about until you get to the point where you're sleeping seven hours a night, because if you're not sleeping, it's just raising your stress hormones even more. And they're already high because you're not sleeping and exercising raises them even higher. So it's not a good idea to exercise when you haven't slept. Anyway, I wake up about an hour and a half before my son. So yes, that means 4.30 in the morning. Now, this is most days. It's not seven days a week, but I would say probably on average four to five days a week, I'm waking up at 4.30 in the morning. And why an hour and a half, you ask? So if I wake up and I already feel like I'm in a rush it doesn't help me. I'm already type A. I can already tend to be a little bit more intense than your average Joe. So waking up and feeling like I have to rush around everywhere is not helpful for me. So if I wake up at 4.30, I lay out my workout clothes the night before. I've got time to change. Right now, because I'm pregnant, I've just started doing this again because I had a lot of fatigue during that first trimester and it really kind of did throw off my routine because I was doing this pretty consistently for a while, but the fatigue hit and then I was sleeping a lot more. And so I'm really happy to be getting back to that. I'm 17 weeks this week, so it's exciting. It's starting to get into the second trimester where some of those not so fun pregnancy symptoms 
if you're a part of that 70% of women who get morning sickness, I have been for both of my pregnancies so far. So that, that will start to go away. It's starting to go away for me, but I still have to eat something right away when I wake up. So basically if I wake up at 4.30, I get dressed. I have like a little, some type of carb to just settle my stomach. So crackers, cereal, a bagel, whatever it is, just something to get some food in my stomach so that I don't feel nauseous. Then I, you know, do a warm up, get my music going, put my AirPods in, go out into my garage gym. So it gives me like a nice little 20, 25 minute buffer to kind of get out there. And then once I'm out there, I've got 45 to 50 minutes to fit in a great lift. And so typically that's what I'll do is I'll lift or, you know, if it's a day, I always try to make sure I'm getting in at least three lifts a week. And for me, that that seems to be a good number that's working right now in the middle of my pregnancy. Sometimes, you know, in the past it's been two, sometimes it's more, it's four. But right now I'm doing three and then if I get three lifts in and I've got couple extra days where I want to do something. I'm maybe either taking like a hike or doing some type of cardio circuit or something like that. So those, you know, if it's a cardio circuit, the workout's going to be a little bit shorter. Feels mentally easier because you don't have to think quite as hard. It just doesn't take as much concentration as lifting does. But you know me, if you've been around here for any amount of time, I'm super passionate about advocating for women to get strong and lift heavy weights. And I do prioritize that myself. So that's something that I'm trying to do, you know, throughout my pregnancy and I feel better when I do it and I can tell a visible difference as well. Anyway, so I get out there, I do my lift. I feel really good. I feel accomplished. I feel like I worked hard. I got to do something for myself. Right. And if you're someone who struggles with prioritizing your own needs as a mom, like you're really good at prioritizing your kids' needs and taking care of your kids. But when it comes to your own needs, it's like if it gets put on the back burner all the time, I just want to encourage you that that still is setting an example for them. And I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know, you're not doing enough. That's not what I'm trying to say. I know a lot of us are just trying to do our best and some days it's better and some days it's an absolute mess. <laughs> but I would say to you to consider that prioritizing your own needs is actually a way to show your children that it's important, right? Because kids watch what you do more than what you say. So it's good to take care of your children, obviously, and put their needs first, but if you want to fit in time for your own needs, you might have to change the way that you are approaching mornings or evenings, or, you know, maybe for some of you, this morning thing won't work. Maybe you have to do it at night, but fitting in care for yourself is, it makes you a better mom. It makes you a better human being when you get to spend time taking care of your own needs for You know, even if it's just less an hour, less than an hour, having that little bit of an outlet every single day, I think really allows you to show up as a more patient, gentle, kind, caring mother 
Um, because it is crazy. I mean, it's, you know, kids are, kids are crazy, exhausting. You never know what they're going to do. So I think it's really important to spend that time on yourself and not necessarily look at it as selfish, but look at it as a way that you're actually going to be able to show up better for yourself and for your family if you do it. So after I finish lifting, typically what I'll do, I'll come back in if little boy still is not awake, which is great if he's not. Sometimes he is, right? They Kids don't wake up at the same time every single day, so they're not like robots. If he's still not awake, normally I'll hop in the shower. Previously, I would have hopped in the sauna, but sauna use is contraindicated when you're pregnant if you're not already aware of that because it's raising your core temperature above 101 degrees, which is like that. That's kind of like the temperature that you need to be aware of. So 101 or higher is dangerous for your growing baby and should be avoided when you're pregnant. Now, if it's if it's 80 to 90 degrees, it's probably fine. Like if it's a warm bath or something that's 80 to 90 degrees, that's probably fine. If it's a hot tub that's 105, if it's a sauna that's 160, it's not fine for you to sit in there. So anyway, no sauna for me while I'm pregnant. I do miss that, but it's just a short season. <laughs> I'll get to use it again someday. So I go shower and, you know, change clothes, get ready, come out into the kitchen, start making breakfast. If I get to eat it while he's still asleep, that's kind of like a bonus for me. But, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. But most of the time, if I can fit in at least the workout in the shower, and then by that point, I, I now feel like I have taken control of variables that I have the ability to control in the morning before he's even awake. And it just puts me in a really good headspace. And I really feel like I show up as a better mom when I'm in that headspace of, okay, like I just, man, it feels really good like to accomplish these tasks and to get these things done for myself. And now it's kind of like that saying, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, eat the frog, right? <laughs> Frogs, you don't necessarily want to eat them, but the idea that you want to eat the frog first thing in the morning, you want to get the hardest thing done that you're going to have to do that day done with so that you don't have to think about it anymore. And then everything else is kind of downhill from there. Now, once your kiddo gets up, you've gotten sleep, you've gotten your exercise in, gotten some food, gotten a shower, all of these little, oh, the last thing I was going to say is make your bed. If your spouse hopefully is up by this point, sometimes my husband is also lifting in the gym with me in the mornings, depending on the day. So that's kind of fun too, but making the bed is also another small little task. That's like, I accomplished that even if nothing else goes right today, at least I like worked out, showered and made the bed. Right? So those are like the main three things that I would say have really made a difference for me since my son has stopped breastfeeding and I've started getting up in the morning to do those things before he wakes up is, you know, taking the time to exercise, do something for myself, showering and making the bed. <laughs> so yes, eating counts in there too. So 
maybe that's four, but we'll just say it's three since I already said it was three on this episode. But yeah, it makes a huge difference in the way that you approach the day. And I want to encourage you if you're like, I can't get up at 4.30 in the morning. I don't love it every day. It's not something that is easy to do. Some days it's, it's easier. You know, maybe you start with an hour and not an hour and a half, or maybe you do start with 30 minutes. Maybe you take baby steps to get to that hour and a half point and just do something smaller and shorter to start building that habit, right? Just like if you go back and listen to my habit building episode that I recorded on this podcast, you will learn that the best way to build a habit is to take it and start with bite-sized principles that you attach to something else that you already do so that you can actually do it consistently, feel good about it because you've actually shown up and done it consistently, and then you can add something else on in the future. So for example, for me, when I started doing this, the habit that I connected getting dressed to in the morning was when my feet hit the floor, because that's something that happens every single day. When my alarm goes off, my feet hit the floor, I'm going to put my workout clothes on. And I would do that every single day. And even if the workout was crappy, even if it was shorter than I wanted, I was still putting on the clothes and going out there and doing that habit of getting in that routine. So it's important to get that habit down because that's that's called an anchor habit that's going to help trigger the next habit that you add on to it. So once I got putting the clothes on, then it was like, I'm going to go do, you know, I'm pregnant now. So I added in, I'm going to have a snack and then I'm going to go out into the garage and do my lift. And that really has worked well. And now it's, it gets easier. I, I promise you it does. It doesn't, you know, building new habits is really tough. It's like changing something about your lifestyle that you've done a certain way for a really long time. And that's really tough to change. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I really want to try to change this props to you because it is hard. It's really tough. And it's, you know, it takes a resilient woman to decide to do that because if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. So Again, you have to pick something that you think is reasonable for you, and then maybe you can stretch out the time that you're awake before your kids are slowly and gradually. But just having that time for me before they wake up in the morning has really made such a big difference. And I think that if you're able to wrap your head around that, this is going to mean that you're going to have to adjust what you do at night. Almost guaranteed (laughs) because if you're going to bed at 11, your butt ain't getting up at 4.30. Like that's not enough sleep. That's not going to feel good. So maybe it means you have to change something about what you're doing at night. I don't know what your routine is after your kids go to bed. If you just kind of like start scrolling your phone or if you just sit down and watch a show or two or three. (laughs) I don't know what your what your evening routine is, but if you want to change your morning routine, you're going to have to address what you do at night. And I know that that's not fun. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not something that you're probably super excited about. But if you get excited about the idea of having more energy during the day and feeling good about 
your efforts towards parenting as a mom, then I think it's worth it to consider how can I adjust some small stuff in the evening so that I can go to bed 30 minutes earlier, you know, start with 30 minutes, then stretch it to 45. Then maybe it becomes an hour. You can stay off of devices like 30 minutes to an hour before you go to bed. If you're a mom that works outside the home, I know this one's a hard one, but I try to stop working one to two hours before I go to bed. So if you've got emails to answer, if you've got stuff to do, try to get that done right after your kids go to bed so that you can then have some like wind down time with your husband. You can have some time to read and relax. Sometimes my husband and I will watch a show. Sometimes I'll read. And then basically once I hop in the shower, I've got a little evening routine where I shower, do my skincare, journal, read my Bible and go to bed. And that's just a routine that I've worked on for several years. And so at this point, it's a lot easier for me to do. But definitely think about your evening routine. So what time would you need to go to bed to get at least seven hours of sleep if you're going to wake up an hour and a half before your babies do? Like what time would that be for you? For me, if I'm waking up at 4.30, ideally, I'm in bed by 9.30. And most of the time that works. Like I normally get in bed between around nine-ish, honestly, most nights. So that's something that I've had to work on because before, you know, it's easy to, oh, let's watch another episode and like stay up till 10, 10, 30, 11. And again, that's fine. Like you can, you should and you can have date nights with your spouse and, you know, times where it's not always super disciplined, super routine. Like you definitely want to have time where you schedule fun with your spouse. And that's also very, very important because kids and newborns are hard on relationships and it's important to make sure that you're prioritizing the fun and just, you know, the quality time to spend time with your own husband and work on your own marriage you know, in the middle of the craziness of parenting. So could probably do a whole nother episode on that, honestly, (laughs) but I'll just leave it at that for now. So consider what time you need to go to bed and then take a look at what you're doing in the evenings and start to adjust it so that you can make that happen. You know, if you're normally on your phone for an hour, try to reduce that to 40 minutes, you know, then you can reduce it to 30 minutes. Something that I've tried recently is actually not getting on my phone after I put Logan down in bed, but instead just putting on like a couple of worship songs and just going in my room and sitting in my rocking chair and just focusing on my breathing. Or I'll do like a guided meditation from Headspace and just kind of, it just brings me down and just kind of calms me down. And then I feel like I can go out and be with my spouse and I'm calmer and in a good place where I want to spend time with him. So anyway, I hope that that was really encouraging for you. This is, you know, this is my own personal story with this. So it's something that I have had a lot of trial and error with. But I really do think that if you can get up in the morning and you can get some type of exercise, you can get a shower, and you can make your bed, those three things that it's going to change the course of your day, 
and that you will really truly show up as a better mom and that you'll feel better as a mom too. And I just, I'm really passionate about helping other moms know that A, you're not alone in the struggles that you have, you know, being pregnant and also having other little kids, but B, that you, you can do this. Like this is something, this is something that is very within your ability to control. And so focus on those control variables. Think about the things that you can adjust so that you can have a little bit more freedom and just a little bit more joy in your days and just more joy when you're spending time with your kids. So hopefully that's helpful. Thanks for hanging out with me for about 30 minutes today. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your time. If you want any more information on any of the programs that I'm offering, I actually have a fit pregnancy course that I'll be launching soon called Bells and Bellies. If you go to my website, smartbellsfitness.com, you can sign up for the waitlist for that if you're interested in finding a comprehensive program that's evidence-based, gives you fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle recommendations, all for pregnant women throughout each trimester of your pregnancy and just helps support you in that way. So if that's you, go sign up for that waitlist on my website and I will connect with you soon. Thanks for being here. Hey mama, thanks for tuning in today. Really quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. I get really excited every time I see that this show has positively impacted your life in some way. If you would do that for me, I would be so grateful. The second thing you can do is just tell another mama you think could benefit from listening to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. That's it for now. I'll see you back here soon.